What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Cut. This is a special little trade episode we're going to bring to you. We're going to go through the trade market. We're going to give you um, some strategy, like what we think you should look at when you're looking at trades because the your trade deadlines are probably coming up in a couple weeks in your leagues. We'll give you a couple buy low guys and some si- sell high guys. Guys, you got anything to add in before we get started? And we'll dive right into it here. No, no I, I would say stay posted to our Twitter at The Cut FFL. Uh, we will probably be very active around trade deadline time. So uh, stay posted to that if you want more of this type of content. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, we may try and post our personal trades if we can get anything to go through here to help ourselves. And maybe it'll give some people a good example of maybe what's an actual realistic trade then instead of some made up thing that we can come up with on spot. And we're and we're big into trading in our leagues. We're in a couple of leagues together, and we're usually the more popular trading people in the league. So we do this. We do this stuff. It's fun. It's it's fun to try to make your team better with stuff like this. So we're gonna get right into it. First, we're gonna talk a little bit about strategy, kind of how you think you should make your team be- better, when you think you should stay put, and kind of a way to make your team better. Uh, my first idea. Uh, I want to bounce this off of you guys really quick. I've always kind of been the person to look at someone like Devon. Let's say Devontae Adams. Um, he's been he's coming off an injury. He's been sitting for a couple of weeks. The team that has him has probably suffered a little bit. I always look to maybe trade two good players for one great player. So I would maybe package two guys that could be on a wide receiver, maybe two wide receiver, one border, and then a kind of maybe a lower end RB2. See if I can get both of those guys. Send it to the Devontae Adams owner just to see if I can get Devontae Adams because I trust my depth well enough that I'm still going to be able to make up for it, giving away two guys, but I would much rather target the high-end player who could be a fantasy league winner. I don't How do you get like, – what do you guys think? I agree. And as I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us actually have a share of Devontae Adams in different leagues, obviously, yeah. and it's hurt all of us pretty bad. And depth with that gets thinner and thinner, especially with bye weeks. And we have, I believe, next week's the bipocalypse with like the six teams on bye, mm-hmm. only three more bye weeks in total. But you can make up for it if you get someone like Devontae Adams by trading away these pieces. People are in need right now. People are going to be trying to make that final push and they need more people. And if you're a guy that has that drafted, maybe Cooper cup later and drafted a bunch of people later, everyone's overperforming. Maybe you can get away with sending someone like T Y Hilton and a little bit, a good running back and trying to get Devontae Adams to solidify your starting wide receiver and your flex at the exact same time by getting somebody that's obviously a top five talented wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I I tend to also agree. However, I do think that it depends on the landscape of your team as well. If you're not looking at a playoff spot, I don't necessarily think that adding or getting rid of depth is a good idea. Or if you've experienced injury, for example, I'm the Devontae Adams owner, and I also lost uh, Adam Thielen, for example. Say he were to miss – six weeks or something like that. I know he's not gonna, but if I lost those two big name receivers, I might be more hesitant to trade away two key pieces, even if you are upgrading at the position, because if you don't have the depth um, and you're kind of on the fringe there, if you don't have the depth, 
you may not be able to make that final push to the playoffs. And, and I get nervous there, but I do think that if you're in, if you're six and one or seven and one, and um, you think that you're for sure making the playoffs, then get rid of your, your depth pieces and upgrade and get that superstar receiver. Cause that's going to win you your league. It's not going to be the depth. And to your point about uh, like looking at it from the other side of that, if you are maybe three and five, four, uh, four and four, maybe you look at it the other way. Maybe you think about one of your stud guys. Maybe if you think that you need help in multiple positions, maybe you shop the stud guy and try to get two really good players at a different position and just do it the opposite way. So maybe you're the team that gets the two players for the one player where you're upgrading at more than one position and then you can afford to give away kind of the big the big name player. So it, it like you said, it's all about what your what your team is right now. If you have stars that can you can kind of put around that guy and um what you think your chances are of making the playoffs. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Sure thing. Um, so that actually brought up a, another idea in my head, um, just kind of another strategy. And I know this kind of sounds crazy, but when you go into a trade, you shouldn't be trying to fleece the other person. You should be looking at what they need, what your team needs, and how it could be a mutually beneficial transaction. Because if you try to fleece them, you're going to piss them off and they're not going to want to trade with you anymore. I know this from experience. I've tried fleecing people. People have done the same to me. You? And, no. And, well, and it's happened. I mean, sometimes <laughs> Randy. Sometimes you send an initial offer and you know that they're going to decline it. And then for some reason they accept it and you're just kind of blown away. And I mean, teach yeah. their own. If, if they're going to be that dumb, then you have to let them be that dumb. And please, please, please talk to your commissioner. Get rid of vetoing trades. Trades are accepted by two parties who each think that they're going to make their teams better. Get rid of vetoes. Voting for trades is so stupid. Yeah. And it delays the process. And it, it I mean, it's, the only thing it can do in a non-collusion situation is hurt the entire league and may get those two people to want to not be in the league next year. And or, your, commissioner, your commissioner should be uh, like, good at his job enough to know when someone's trying to screw over the entire league and that's when they can step in but other than that the trade was agreed upon by two parties just let it go yeah uh, i will say though if you're in a league that is big on trash talk um and i've been guilty of this don't trash talk people's trades too much because they feel very sensitive about that and then they're not going to want to trade with you either and they may have pieces that could help your team i know from experience shout out adam mack i've made fun of him for almost every single we one of his trades him, yeah we do i mean it, it's nothing personal he he made a trade that at, at face value didn't look good and then he won the next week and i made fun of him a lot and now he he doesn't really want anything to do with me which is probably fair, but I know that sounds like a very minute detail when you're you're going into the trade deadline, but it's it's super important. And don't get me wrong, I, I love trash talk. Get your trash talk out, but keep it to a minimum because those are the people that you're gonna use to help your team as well. Yeah. Obviously, if you can at any aspect, maybe if it's on like sleeper has a messaging aspect, please try and contact the person because I, I no, even trades between us, trades have been worked out very slightly just because of a text. I mean, 
if you can actually talk to that person, it's so much easier to communicate what you're trying to do. And yeah. also sell your player. <laughs> well, it's that as well, but it can really it can really show that you're not trying to screw the person over. Yes. Like I know I know we me and Christian have talked about going back to a trade at the trade deadline, reevaluating where we're at, because we texted before and we couldn't come to agreement. And I'm not sure if it gets done now, but it's a greater chance because we're gonna talk about it actually. And we know we're both and that's a dynasty trade, so the future means so much more. So there's definitely different strategies and I know we're going to talk about different kinds of things, but please message the person. It makes it so much easier. And I guess just send out offers the whole time. Cause the trades that these guys say that I fleece people is usually, I just send an offer that's supposed to be a starter offer and the person accepts it. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that's what happens. It's but true. Anyway, they, it is true. Oh, I, I got a lot of flack for sending an offer. I traded Tariq Cohen for Larry Fitzgerald early in the year. I just sent it expecting a counter offer of another piece yeah, and it was accepted. All right. All right. That's good. I, I agree. Your points, your points very well taken. Um, but yeah, so if, like when you're looking at trades for the next couple of weeks, just keep in mind this kind of the stuff we mentioned, we're going to give you a couple guys we think you should buy low on. Um, the first one is Le'Veon Bell. And this is kind of schedule based. We talked about it in our last episode. Sam Darnold faces a really good schedule coming up. He get they get to play the a in the AFC East still, other than the Patriots, and this is going to help out Bell as well. Bell is getting a ton of target volume, whether it's passes or rushes, and it's he's he's going to be good. They paid him a bunch of money. They're going to want to feed him the ball, especially if Darnold is going to take a little bit of a step back. Adam Gase knows what he's doing, possibly offensively, but. I, he at least knows to feed the guy that's the best player on the team. And right now, that's Le'Veon Bell. So see what you can do. Try to target him. And then he could be a he could be a league winner for you. I am going to try and go for Keenan Allen in a lot of leagues. I know Sean actually has him in the one league. Probably won't be able to do it there. Plus, Absolutely I've, had, I've had that league. I've had a lot of injuries in Adams and on Johnson. I probably don't even have anywhere near the pieces to get Keenan Allen. But if... If you can, he's gonna get. He's getting healthy, and he always goes through a rough patch during his season. And people trade him, and then he comes back at the end of the year and blows up again and wins titles. It's happened for me personally. It's happened against me. He's a good look. Yeah, no, he's definitely good. That's probably why I'm not trading him to you. No, I don't blame you. It'd be <laughs> other leagues for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the third by low target that uh, we're looking at is Ty Hilton. He's coming off a day where he uh, had actually like no production. He had one catch going into that final drive, and then he had a I want to say thirty something yard yard catch on the sideline that <laughs> didn't even salvage his day. He had two catches. Um, I think that Ty is a prime target because he really is their their only receiving option that you can consistently rely on. And Ty Hilton has always, always, always been a wide receiver one wide receiver two fringe kind of guy or he finishes as a wide receiver two right now you're getting him at wide receiver three price so i think that with the schedule that he has coming up with the fact that he's kind of i, I want to say he's still working back from his injury I, I he he looks a little different out there so i think better days are ahead for ty and i think that's a guy you should definitely be looking at yeah 
I mean, another guy that kind of goes along with that is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I know he fell in a lot of drafts that I was in, um, and people are always wondering, is this it for him? Is this it? But he looks, he still looks really good. He's had a rough couple of weeks, but this that's why you can buy him low. He's faced bad matchups. He has one more bad matchup coming up against San Francisco. Then his schedule gets it to be a little bit lighter. And he is still one of the most talented receivers when it comes to just catching the ball in the league. He's He runs in the slot. A lot of the top-end corners don't play slot receivers. So he's a guy that's going to continue to put up production. And Kyler Murray is going to continue to look to him kind of as a safety valve because Murray's a rookie QB. And that's kind of guys that they look towards. Fitz has been there. He's done that. He's been in a Super Bowl. He's just really good. And you can probably get him at back-end wide receiver two to high-end wide receiver three value. And he could be a top-end wide receiver two when it's all said and done. And really quick, apart from the last two weeks, which have been Fitz's two worst weeks, um, the Cardinals offense was consistently getting better. And then DJ went down. And Kirk went down right before. So I think that once they have all their weapons back, Fitz is going to be the main beneficiary of that. Yep. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to bring up too. I think it's a perfect opportunity to buy Fitz now with Kirk coming back and having a better day than him. Uh, Fitz has been getting the hardest matchups because Kirk's been out and they're not going to be able to cover both these guys. They're going to switch on and off, but I think they both could have good games each week. And he's a perfect buy right now because you might not have to give pretty much anything and you can get a solid flex yep all right and last guy we're going to talk about here for the buy low i want to talk about nick chubb he's looked great all season even behind a pretty much bad offensive line week in and week out he's been getting it done i know he had two fumbles and people are scared people are scared kareem hunt is going to come in and take 50 percent of these touches he's not he hasn't played a game he hasn't played a game in a while, actually. He's just returned to practice. He doesn't come back till week 10, if at best. And I think Hunt is going to get a majority of the passing work, but Chubb doesn't really get that anyways. They take him out on third downs, which kind of idiotic in my mind, but then again, Freddie Kitchens probably should be fired. So I think Chubb is a great buy low to that owner that is not sure if he's going to st- sustain this RB1 top level that he has he's averaging so many i i think sean brought it up earlier that he's averaging like eight yards a carry right now if he didn't fumble that long run that game pace is really close it's 10 to 7 they were they looked really good and he looked good all day i trust him going forward yeah i i think i tend to agree um i i i am a little a little more concerned about kareem hunt but it's not going to eat into Chubb's workload enough. Um, if if you find a Chubb owner that's willing to sell, then by all means, do it. Well, yeah. it's it's going to cost a lot, but just like you just said, you're a little bit more hesitant. Mm-hmm. That's he what be, everyone he, is. He I'm, in the, be, I'm in the minority for Chubb. Yeah, I just be believe player. he's a good buy low target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll go right into our sell high targets as well. Uh, so the first one is Latavius Murray. He's coming off two big weeks with Alvin Kamara out. We talked about it in our last episode. The question was, do you think he has the Mark Ingram role? And we kind of all agreed that that's not going to happen. I mean, he he has looked better this year, but a lot of his production has come when Alvin Kamara has been out. Coming off those big weeks, you can capitalize on that and maybe sell Latavius to the Alvin Kamara owner. 
Um, and if you're the Alvin Kamara owner, maybe this isn't the best idea for you. Maybe you do keep him in. He, we, we discussed that he is a very good handcuff. But if you want to use that handcuff to improve another position on your team, uh, I don't think that any of us would oppose that. We don't think that Latavius Murray is really, as long as Alvin Kamara is healthy, he's never going to hit that production again. Am I wrong? No. No. Yeah. I mean, he's had, and he's had two huge weeks, so you could probably get away with it. Um, my guy, I think you should sell high on is Jordan Howard. The look, and mine's basically just based on the schedule. He's looked good, but you look at his next few games. He has Chicago at home, and then a buy in week ten, which is never good for a guy that still hasn't had a buy yet because you lose him for a week. Then he gets the Patriots week eleven. Week 12, he gets Seattle. Then he's at Miami, which, okay, is fine. But then he gets New York at home, and New York has been much better against the run than against the pass. Then, So New York would be the first week of the fantasy playoffs, depending on how you play. And then he goes to Washington, but then he gets Dallas. So you lose a week of him with the bye, and then he has to play New England, Chicago, and Seattle in that stretch. And he's had good weeks. This is just based on what I think is he's not going to get much work. I think they're going to have to throw the ball more in those matchups. And his value isn't going to be any higher than it is right now. Coming off another touchdown performance, 90 yards. He's done this for a couple weeks in a row. You can probably get a decent amount back for him. So I think you you should sell him now before his stock plummets in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't think he's gonna be the the top of your trade that you're you're just going to be he's your second guy for the two for one he's a perfect guy for that because he's looked decent this year but like you said these upcoming matchups i think way heavily lean more towards sanders and sanders been looking better and better each week yeah all right uh, going into our last sell high guy i'm going with terry mclaurin i was kind of on the sell high bandwagon a couple weeks ago before these last two bad matchups obviously you kind of throw away the San Francisco game for obvious reasons. And last week he did his best against a good secondary, but his quarterback got hurt and Haskins missed up on a couple throws. I think he's, he's shown enough this year that he's really good. And with a full preparation with Haskins, if that's him, I think he can still produce. But again, if you can use him as a part of a trade to help someone else, and you can get a good guy back, I think he's perfect for that because I think he can still have another big blow-up game this year, but his targets have been going down and down, and his last big week he only had four catches. I, I think he's perfect for right now at the deadline to sell. And obviously, uh, I just wanted to add one more thing. If Just like Latavius Murray, if you guys have handcuffs, it's not a terrible idea to try and trade that to the guy that has Dalvin Cook or has James Conner, just... It's always good. That guy probably wants that guy. You're not going to get a ton, but it could be a piece in the trade to help you out. Yeah, and and uh, we talked about it. As much as people want to say the OSU connection is going to be there with Haskins and McLaurin, Haskins doesn't look good. I don't think he's going to find it at all this year. I think moving forward, he could be a decent quarterback, but it's only going to hurt McLaurin's value once Haskins gets that job. Yeah, Haskins shouldn't be playing this year. No, all all he, three of us said he shouldn't have been playing this year, no matter what. But he probably will, and that's the issue. Yeah. Is and it's going to cut into McLaurin's value. Yeah, one one last quick thing. I just want to say, if you're in a keeper league, it's happened in our leagues before. 
be the guy that right now is trying to make trades for the future. It doesn't have to be anything big, but last year, if you were on the free agent market, maybe you picked up Hunter Henry and it's been great for you. Maybe Disley's out there. Maybe that guy needs a tight end. Send something, get him back for next year. Be that guy, especially in dynasty where everything matters for the long haul, but be proactive for the future, especially if you're a worse team. But even if you're good and you have some depth on your team, that may get you a way better team next year. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that if you're bad, that should be your only objective at the trade deadline is getting better for next year. Um, I don't condone tanking necessarily, but I condone getting better keepers that you can take and be competitive the following year. Yeah, absolutely. Target draft picks. This uh, class for skill players is going to be really good. So you can definitely be in the hunt next year if you if you can stockpile a couple draft picks. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it. Um, thanks for joining us for this uh, little bonus trade target episode. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We gone.